Yo and hello! Welcome back to Podcast Free Roscoe. I'm Sammy. And I'm Jody. We're wondering, do you remember Radio Free Roscoe? We do. It's a good show. So we started a podcast. <laughs> and today we're talking about episode 10 of Radio Free Roscoe, Crush Me. Crush Me. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was, but that's staying in. <laughs> Uh, so this episode initially aired September 26th, 2003. It was directed by Chris Grismer and written by Swith Bell, who acts as the story editor for most of the show. Swith. That's a pretty great name. Yeah. Um, guest appearances include Sean Reynolds as Jack. I don't know a lot about Sean Reynolds, but his Twitter bio says that he's a serial entrepreneur, wannabe pro athlete, dad, husband, and perpetual student of life. Da, yes. Da, da, da. He helps run Reynolds Brothers Construction Company, Reynolds Brothers Exteriors is a family-run business whose main focus is the installation of eavesdrops, siding, soffit, fascia, I don't know what either of those are, and gutter guard. We have a commitment to honesty, quality, and customer service. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. He does, like, podcast episodes now on how to be an entrepreneur and stuff like that. <laughs> Let's get him on the pod! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> Looks like Brendan here is suffering the consequences of losing yet another game of Torpedo. You know what? I'm going to beat you one of these days, because I'm so sick of losing. We start off the episode just a couple minutes before RFR is due to begin broadcasting. We get introduced to the game of Torpedo. Apparently Robbie wins it all the time and it involves like whipping a utility ball at somebody. So he plays against Ray and he's always winning it. Robbie is such an ass in this episode. <laughs> Where's my sweet sensitive boy? He's such a jerk. He's such a sore winner. He immediately, after like gloating for winning this stupid game, they go on air and he's like, I'm question mark, and I'm wondering, what does it take to be a winner? Like, it's just so... Like, he's just, like, fully taking over the show to brag. I know, about this stupid game, which, you know, Lily points out is stupid, and she ends up improvising this really fun little row your boat parody. Torpedo's a game that's really mean, really, really mean. Merrily, 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 really, really mean. And that that's about it. Those are the only lyrics. <laughs> They're like, that song yeah. sucked. <laughs> <laughs> But we get like a, a little kind of telling quip from from Ray because he defends her after Robbie roasts her for her song being bad. Yeah, and uh, she she makes the gesture to punch him like she always does, and he says, "You know, one of these days I'm gonna have something important to say. You're not gonna know how to take me seriously." Uh, oh, because Ray's got feelings. feelings. He wants to talk about him. If you really think you need guitar lessons, how about this one? I don't know. Using magic would be too lazy. Oh yes. <laughs> so we go to mickey's discs and we're looking at a bulletin board and we're introduced to the fact that lily's looking for guitar lessons and the first poster we see says magical results i'm gonna try to read all the text on this one second yeah magical results <laughs> bears <laughs> to play the guitar okay i'm gonna say learn to play the guitar with my magical wetlands <laughs> I have 25 years of experience as a <laughs> euthanasia. <laughs> it's, it's really hard. Like any copy that you find of RFRs in 360p, it's really hard to make out any of these details. Yeah. Um, I know all the tricks and I can teach them to you. Uh, something, and then ask for Gabor. <laughs> Excellent. And I also love, this is going to sound really stupid, but Lily says, 
using magic sounds lazy and that's what got me into this mess in the first place which almost makes it sound like that she's used magic before <laughs> yeah that, that's a very strange line isn't it <laughs> i mean i wouldn't put it past roscoe there's all sorts of like weird irregularities lily could very well well yeah user. i mean that does fit into our theory of lily being able to um transport herself that's true yeah oh, how about this one your guitar has a heart. Love it and it will sing. Oh, oh this poster. Oh, it says your guitar has a heart. Love it and it will sing. And it's the creepiest guitar I've ever seen. It's got like eyes that are half closed and like a weird little like mouth. And I can't tell if it's got teeth or if it's just the strings in front of the mouth. Right. But oh, it's disgusting. And it's definitely the pick of the week. Oh my God. Yeah, 100%. Your, your guitar has a heart and a predatory mindset. and this is your guitar has a heart and some questionable motivations (laughs) and this is the poster that lily's drawn to for some reason (laughs) look he's teaching at roscoe high jack at roscoe high school i have so many questions about this guitar teacher yeah why is he teaching at the high school like he's not you know we haven't heard of him being like a music teacher he's not staff no he's just teaching evening classes to high schoolers at the high school (laughs) I know sometimes cities use schools for like rec programs, but still, yeah. they would that would be like officially advertised and not have a creepy guitar illustration. <laughs> yeah, if if this was like a city approved poster, there's something wrong with that city. <laughs> there's a few things wrong with this city. Oh boy, we built this city on questionable guitar posters. <laughs> <laughs> Lily is really drawn to that last poster. She takes one of the information tabs, and then we cut to this shot of Ray just slumped in a chair and it stays on him for like five seconds but they haven't really fully established like the the space of this scene so we don't quite get the first time that we see ray that he's like staring longingly at lily it looks like we've just cut to a shot of ray just like slumped unmoving in a chair for like five seconds and just like unexplainably inexplicably morose yes (laughs) is ray okay Basically, Robbie gives Ray a little pep talk, says, you know, stop staring at her. You're being weird. And Ray says, all right, you know what? I'm going to talk to her. Lily, I have something very important to ask you. So Ray goes over to ask out Lily, but he catches her when she's on the phone with the guitar instructor. She ends up having to go over to the school right away because he has a slot open. And Ray chickens out and asks to to walk her over to the school and kind of like fumbling the entire time being like, well, there's there's risks. What if something happened? At least he's not talking about his dog that eats peanuts this time. (laughs) That's a dog that ate peanuts. Here's your freak show now. I think I can take it from here. Oh my God. Our introduction to Jack the guitar teacher is so much. He's like playing this gentle little song and he's wearing like a little vest with no sleeves and a very like 2000s like necklace. He's a bad boy and Lily's in love. He's like not even a bad boy. He's like a soft boy. He's like a soft boy, but he's got torn off sleeves. Yeah. It's how you know he's deep. He needs to reach so deep that he can't wear sleeves. So while Lily's at a guitar lesson, we cut to the boys playing torpedo in the school gym. Robbie's continuing to be kind of a jackass. Yes! Air Dud is out! That is 49 in a row for me. <laughs> Robbie, in all of his smugness, challenges Travis to, to play, so he has to make whatever shot Travis has, has made. So Travis does what he calls the inner eye, and he sits cross-legged on the floor, and he closes his eyes, and he shoots, and he makes the basket. But then he stands up, like, fully from cross-legged, 
position, like, no hands. Like, that's just something Nathan Carter can do. Can just, like, stand up, like, fully, like, by shifting his weight directly onto his feet from sitting cross-legged, which is incredibly impressive. I hope that's on his CV. (laughs) (laughs) I can stand up. (laughs) Robbie fails to make the same shot as Travis. And Ray kind of looks on in horror like he knows what's coming if Robbie loses. Torpedo. Correction, you dodged every hit except that one. Travis nails Robbie with the utility ball. And Robbie is defeated in the game of Torpedo. One with the guitar. Some juice, madam. And then we cut back to Lily just kind of like sitting by the stairwell wearing like, I love this. What do you even call those odd little hats that were kind of big in the 2000s? I I don't know, but I really appreciate the commitment to Lily's aesthetic of wearing like a little either crocheted kind of like loose knit beanie mm-hmm. or like a bandana as a headband yeah yeah like she's the, she's getting a defined style she's got a style but yeah she's just like she's sitting on the floor in the hallway by the stairs um with an unplugged electric guitar just strumming it and saying be one with the guitar to herself which i guess is the sweet sweet wisdom that she got from jack ray comes over to see her and says some juice madam and he hands her a bottle of juice with a label like messily half torn off (laughs) it's like the props department didn't quite get through pulling the like the branding off of that one (laughs) where he's like here have this suspect bottle of juice anyway so uh i was wondering if i well what are you doing after the show basically he asks her if she's available to hang out but she's busy with Jack things. She's got a lesson and she's got to learn the chords. And then there's this whole thing where Lily says, he's showing me the secret of rhythm and timing. And Ray's like, yeah, timing. Oof. Yeah, okay. Ray's, Ray's really sweet in this scene. But like Lily in this episode is just so full of like love and excitement. Yeah. And continually, I just want to like protect little Lily. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's so good. She's so good. Yeah. So, uh... You know what, just to make me feel better, how about you admit that you were cheating with that whole inner eye thing, huh? So we go to that day's RFR broadcast and Robbie walks in and he's sulking hardcore and he basically accuses Travis of cheating at their game of Torpedo. And we get this really interesting shot where it's like a profile of Robbie and then like he's framed kind of against Travis in the booth, like Travis is in the upper right corner and it's kind of a neat shot that brings them both into the frame as they start bickering with each other robbie's basically being a giant suck yeah robbie sucks in this <laughs> he really does <laughs> he's just he's he's so he's so mean he's such a sore loser and it's like we we've, we've just come off of like travis finally feeling accepted and robbie's just openly antagonizing him yeah oh my god so we're on day two of winter talk now yeah we did this winning bit yesterday this is different this is the sore loser bit. Would you stop that? Robbie's ranting on air. Travis calls him out for being a sore loser and then hits a key on his keyboard that says crybaby. And we get like a quick shot of like the sound effects that Travis has labeled on his keyboard. Sound of silence? Sounds sounds of silence? Like the song, The Sound of Silence? Okay, I'll, I'll pull this up again. We've got flamethrower of truth. Uh, a fun little callback. We've got Game Show Buzzer. We've got Sounds of Silence, um, Cry Baby, and then Foghorn, Whip, Scream, B-flat. Uh, B-flat scream. <laughs> a, a very particular scream in B-flat. And then 5 p.m. something. 
West. <laughs> 5 p.m. West. For the West Coast uh, listeners. Yeah, so he's he's labeled out his keyboard. He's, like, mapped all these sound effects to it. I, I don't know why he needs some of these. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like that the flamethrower of truth and the game show buzzer are, are there. Like, just, mm-hmm. just as little callbacks. I don't... Sounds of silence... I don't know what that means. No. Um, it's a sick remix button. of the sound of silence. But the fog the whip. I, I don't get scream and B flat. Yeah. And cry baby. Cry baby. And I'm pretty sure it sounds like that like generic like baby sound that they use in like Arthur all the time. Oh, yeah. I heard that in something recently and I was like, oh, God. Awesome. Jack has an opening for me at 530. Can you guys cover for me? I thought the show was over at five. What's the problem that, that here? was my understanding. Now she's cutting out. I don't even know. I, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like that's like one of the weak points of the writing. It's just yeah, time consistency. They, they just they don't understand the timing of this show. Um, but Ray is getting frustrated and jealous and, and calls her out on her like crush on Jack. And she tries to kind of like fumble and she's like, I, I don't. But like, he just, he has this way with like music and he wants me to succeed, which... That's just a teacher. That's just what a teacher does. She's like, he really cares if I play well or not. That's what teachers do, Lil. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> She's so sweet, though. I mean, how how could I even possibly think that Jack would be interested in me? I'm just a totally pathetic 14-year-old. Wow, you're not totally pathetic. Ray tries to pull Lily out of a slump by delivering a, a compliment. You know, he's trying to build Lily up and tell her how, how special she is. She's like, oh, so Jack's lucky to have you as a student and more? And, Ray, and she's like, okay, bye, guys. And Ray's like, no, I'd be lucky to have you. Poor Ray. <laughs> and, and Robbie and Travis are just kind of there, like, little, like, toss hands up gesture being like, come on, what are you doing? Yeah, they're getting kind of sick of this, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> hey, you're getting good. I can't wait till you really rock out. I'm very confused about how old this man is. Yeah. I've, I've tried to figure out how old the actor was at the time. Just just for my own peace of mind. Can't do it. Who is this man? Why is he teaching in a high school? He's got to be somewhere in his 20s. Hey, I'm playing at Mickey's tomorrow night. You want to come out? You're inviting me? Yeah, of course. It'd be great. Okay. Cool. All right, start from the top. My, my biggest problem with this scene is how many music stands there are just like covered in music like i mean i was a band kid you you kept your music with you you didn't leave it in the practice room where it was was gone and also why is this fully set up this is like fully set up for like a band or for students to come in why don't y'all put your stands away how do we establish this as a music classroom (laughs) okay well we're gonna write a staff on the board and then put 40 music stands in front of this shot. Oh, and look, there's a euphonium in the background. Just loose. Got a loose euphonium. <laughs> loose euphonium is a good band name. Yeah. Oh, yeah, or a medical condition. Yeah. I am not going to calm down. I'm going to settle this. You know what? If you're so great, why don't you try beating me at arm wrestling? So, Robbie and Travis arm wrestle because Robbie is a pissy baby. <laughs> <laughs> and, like is still just so upset with Travis about beating him. Uh, Travis wins an arm wrestle, and Robbie storms off. And Travis shrugs like three times, <laughs> like, like three huh? separate little like, yeah. little individual shrugs in response. Arm wrestling itself is really great too, because 
Like, Nathan Carter particularly is giving some really weird faces during that wrestling. It's almost like, I'm not sure if he's trying to seduce Robbie. Yeah, it is very seductive. (laughs) Um, And Nathan Stevenson is just, like, really struggling. Yeah. Like, showing, like, a lot of effort in his face. I think we're finding that, like, we're getting uh, kind of a highlight reel of Travis's kill a man skills. (laughs) His superior strength. (laughs) He he can crush you with his bare hands, but seduce you while he's doing it. Totally impressed, man. How'd you do it? I didn't do it. He did. The more you want something, the less attainable it becomes. We leave. uh, We leave Ray and Travis hanging out at Mickey's again. It's nice to see those guys hanging out. Yeah. And Ray kind of sympathizes because he's been putting up with Robbie's bullshit forever. Mm. Robbie the pissy baby is stormed off. Robbie the pissy baby. (laughs) We we get another good Travis shrug to close that scene. And so that means it's time for a CanCon commercial break. And this episode, we are talking about Redwall. Redwall is a Canadian-British-French animated series produced by Canada-based Nelvana, again, and France-based Alphanim, and is based on the Redwall novels by Brian Jakes. The series currently spans three seasons, the first based on the first book Redwall, the second on Matameo, and the third on Martin the Warrior. I don't know how to pronounce Jake's. I found that out recently on like a Redwall trivia site when I was like looking for <laughs> I I would have thought it was Jacques this whole time. Yeah, me too. I totally thought it was Brian Jacques, but no, it's apparently Brian Jake's. So uh Redwall, the the series, it was a series of children's fantasy novels published by Brian Jake's from nineteen eighty six uh to two thousand eleven when he passed away. Wow. Yeah. It's uh Redwall is also the title of the first book in the series. Uh, it's also the name of Redwall Abbey, which is the main location in the book. Um, there have been 22 novels published for it. And yeah, I used to be super into Redwall. I first got introduced to it because our great aunt sent me a couple of books for one of my birthdays. And then I've read, I've probably read most of them. I haven't read all of them because I stopped reading them in like high school, but I was super into them for a while. Like, especially like... It's one of those things they would go into, like, food descriptions. Like, all, like... Because Redwall is about, like, forest creatures, essentially, like, running an abbey. And, like, they're always, like, fighting against... <laughs> There's this weird characterization where, like, certain animals are evil and other animals are good. So, like, the mice and the rabbits and the squirrels are all good. And oh. then, like, the weasels and the stoats and the ferrets or whatever are all, are all bad. So, it's a little bit weird. I love Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, they would have these feasts and it would be all like, oh, we're having elderflower cordial and stuff like that. It would just be like these really whimsical little like feasts that these forest creatures were having. And uh, yeah, it was a fun series. And then it became this three season animated series, um, which had an incredible musical intro. Yeah, fuck you, Game of Thrones. <laughs> you stole from Red <laughs> Pretty impressive voice cast. Again, a lot of Sailor Moon voice actors. That's a lot of the people who are voice acting in Canada at the time. But you also get some people like Alison Pill was Cornflower. Alison Pill's probably really well... Uh, one of her best known roles was Kim Pine in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh. And then... Here's something I wasn't expecting. Yes! 
Curse you, Matthias the Warrior! Now you will understand my pain. That's Tim Curry voicing. <laughs> Tim Curry voices Slagar the Cruel in like season two. Tim Curry. He's like the like definitely like the biggest star attached to this project is. I don't know how they got him, but they got Tim Curry voicing an evil fox in That's season great. two. And then so the third season, Martin the Warrior, which I think was probably my favorite because it was the first of the Redwall books that I read, even though it's heartbreaking, which I'm sure we'll God, talk about. That's that's like what I remember the most about the show. Yeah. Uh, Martin the Warrior was voiced by Amos Crawley, who was also Russell in Sticking Around. What? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. The book series was always fairly dark. And the TV series softened it a bit, but you still had, like, so many characters die in yeah. Redwall. My God. Yeah. It actually, it was always, okay, spoiler alert for if you haven't read, like, Martin the Warrior yet, you guys. <laughs> but it's actually, like, heartbreaking. Like, Mar like, Martin's, like, true love, like, gets, like, stabbed to death in the final battle. Yeah. She dies. That's, that's, like, my the memory that I have of the show is that that series finale yeah. is watching that with you and being like, what? Yeah. <laughs> she can't die. She, and then like, yeah. it, it isn't, isn't there like a scene of him like going up a hill to her grave, like on a crutch? Oh, I have the final scene. Oh, yes. Help, Martin! Help me! Rose! So that's Russell from sticking around. <laughs> that's too much. Drop your sword, mouse! Oh, this little lovely will never squeak again! Like, this is a lot. Yeah. There was, like, yeah, Red Bull's full of intense battle scenes between, like, woodland creatures. It's basically the whole series. It's basically Game of Thrones, but for kids, but with mice. <laughs> yes, but for kids, but with mice. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so the, the final conflict of Martin the Warrior involves, like, the villain falling to get impaled on Martin's sword. Oh, God. Rose. Dear Rose, please, please be all right. Forgive me. Forgive me. Till each dewdrop is kissed by the day. Neath the rowan and alder. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, hearing the song again. That's visceral. Yeah. Fuck this show. <laughs> it's making me emotional again. <laughs> Stupid fucking mice. <laughs> mm. That's what I remember. Yeah. The shot of him on the cliff. Yeah, so Martin, Martin, Red Bull was an intense show. Oh my god, it just ends like that. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Red Wall, this TV series, ended up getting a pretty dedicated fan base, although there are a couple of people who were like, oh, this isn't book accurate and stuff like that, because, you know, it's always going to be like that. In fact, I did want to share um, my favorite review I found from TV.com by a reviewer named Chicken Little. This review is from july 15 2005 the title of the review is very long 
Nelvana made so many mistakes, which I think really ruined the show. I found 26, and there's a lot more where that came from, sadly. I really hate to see it be like that, but sadly, it is. Well, I give a 6.8. Read below for details. That's the full title. Yeah, and then the actual review is... I really loved the books, but the TV show, like I said, had 26 mistakes. And maybe even more than that. Oh my god. It's very sad that Nelvana tore it up from the masterpiece that it is to some nothing. But I do think that overall, they did a good job. (laughs) The animation is wonderful. The pictures are just as you see them. Now, as for the voice talent, some might need a bit work. And same with the script. But I still believe we need to give Redwall a chance. Oh my god. (laughs) That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Uh, it also has an entry on the ideas wiki. Basically, if there was going to be a season four of Redwall, they'd want to base it around the novel Mouseflower, which is honestly one of the most badass titles in the series. It follows Martin the warrior, and he's like this hardened, sad warrior. But they managed to like pull him out of his like I won't fight anymore to like basically take down this tyrant, tyrannical wildcat. It's, yeah. That's I, a lot. Holy yeah. shit. <laughs> I know. It is so These much. Books. These books were kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, there's this great fan site, rwtv.longpatrolclub.com. The Long Patrol were like a group of hares in uh, the Redwall series that would like, I don't know, they were just like a good bunch of rabbits doing good things. And so, yeah, there's a whole website for it. The last post is from April 24th, 2003, where they're excited about upcoming DVD releases of Redwall. This is a, this is kind of like on untalkativebunny.com levels. This is a really dedicated fan site. They actually managed to get some interviews with like some of the composers and writers for the series. Wow. So if you ever wanted to dive deep into um, behind the scenes of Redwall TV, go to rwtv.longpatrolclub.com. I remember when we were kids, you would make your own Redwall characters. Oh, yeah. We grew up in a condo, and one of my friends from the condo, we basically made up our own sort of take on Redwall. Because I think one of the things I liked about Redwall the most was, like, this whole... There are all these lineages that travel through the series, because the books all happen at different times. So, like, Martin the Warrior is, like, early in Redwall's timeline, and then, like, later books are, like oh, he's, his ancestor was Martin the Warrior and blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, I was super into Redwall. Definitely like, yeah, pretending to be like a squirrel or something and being like, let's make Cordial. Yeah. You should start a change.org petition. Bring back the show. Yeah. Have a, a squirrel for you named Ronnie. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I was surprised to see there wasn't a change.org, but I'm glad there was an <laughs> ideas wiki. And then uh, for our Redwall connection, it's a fun one. Let's see. We will never forget you, Juniper. And I vow, Badring and his horde will pay tenfold for your passing. Tiny <laughs> <laughs> Almacado. Yeah. So our RFR connection is pretty direct. In season three, Martin the Warrior playing Fellow of the Squirrel, we get Tiny Almacadam putting on a British accent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's oh. so great. God, he's been in a ton of stuff. Yeah. He just content- his name keeps popping up. Yeah, he did a lot of voice acting, which is really cool, and it makes a lot of sense. He's really, yeah. he's really great at like developing, a, like fun characters. Yeah, and stuff. he's great. And um, yeah, the only other note I have about Feldo the squirrel is when I was trying to find a clip of Feldo for that part, I found a, I found a va- fan video uh, called "Let's Get Ready to Rumble," a tribute to Feldo. <laughs> 
oh boy from a youtube account called matthias of Redwall. oh hell yeah it's great it's great there are a few uh, i love me a good fan vid it makes my heart happy yes. that people put time into making these things happen that review on the adaptation reminded me we read miss frisbee and the rats of nim when i was in fifth grade and then uh, we would have class parties every couple of months, yeah. and we would like watch a movie during them. And we watched The Secret of Nim, which was the book adaptation. And you've never seen a room of eleven year olds so angry over an inaccurate book representation. <laughs> like we came out of it, we were like, "Well, they got so much stuff wrong." Did they get at least twenty six things wrong? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, doing the research on this actually made me want to go back and reread some of that good, good Red Wall. All those characters dying. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, it's pretty, it's a heavy series. It's definitely not for, like, little, little kids. And even the TV series. The fact that, you know, apart from Rose dying, like, the villain in that arc fucking gets impaled on a sword. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot for my little brain to handle. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Red Wall, the TV series. Featuring young Al Mukadam as a squirrel. Redwall is a fun trip down memory lane if you ever want to relive the times of small forest animals killing each other. (laughs) Hello, beautiful lady. Mind if I sit down? Oh, as long as you keep calling me beautiful lady. Back in RFR, we go to lily reading what looks like maybe like a guitar tab book or just like a guitar learning book on another little like weird reading lounge area where there's just more armchairs out by the soda machines and then ray brings her a brownie which is really sweet he does this whole like shaking out the napkin thing as if he's at a fancy restaurant and uh he tries to ask her out again just as a friend and uh he asks when her guitar lesson is done. She says, I don't have a guitar lesson. So I'm like, oh, let's hang out later. And then we immediately cut to RFR, where Robbie and Travis are having a breath-holding contest. And it's it's arm wrestling take two, where Robbie is, like, exerting himself so much. And Travis just looks, he has this icy calm about him. And it's terrible radio. Yeah. A momentous occasion as we discover that Smog can, in fact, hold his breath longer than question mark. We have a winner and a loser but i think the real loser is the rfr audience so lily and ray chew robbie and travis out a bit for their stupid on-air feud lily introduces a a love song that you know it almost sounds like she could be dedicating it to ray which is i think how ray takes it but she's definitely dedicating it to jack mm-hmm. and uh robbie's still being a pissy baby <sighs> and calling pissiest. her out for playing more love songs because apparently she's been in a love song kind of mood because she got a crush I mean, come on, like, Robbie, you were just, like, opining about love a few episodes ago. <laughs> give us, give everybody a break. Yes. So Ray asks Lily what she wants to do, and he's, he suggests glow-in-the-dark bowling and pizza, which sounds great. It's such a classic date idea. I'd be so down for glow-in-the-dark bowling and pizza. That's amazing. Um, actually, I, I was kind of hoping we could go to Mickey's. Yeah, that's cool, too. Hey, maybe we'll play those hard rock records backwards. The world is underpants, evil. No, it's it's open mic and my guitar teacher's plan. Jack. And Lily asks Ray if she can show him something and she reveals she's made this, like, guitar pick case with, like, 
ransom style letters <laughs> like ransom letter style letters on the front that's it is of, creepy yeah it's a little bit creepy but it's also very like this is a teen with a crush yeah like, i make something for my crush <laughs> but there's so much stuff in it yeah there's so many guitar picks man oh my god you don't he jack probably has a lot of guitar picks because he plays guitar like if she had just made him an empty box that'd be cool but yeah. she gives him so much stuff <laughs> And this compartment is where my heart is. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Baby, there's something I gotta say. We get a transition to Jack playing at Mickey's. And we get the continuation of Lily's date outfit. Yes. She's wearing the same shirt that she wore on her date with Lee Johns. Yeah. So I think this is like how she signifies like, ooh, I'm dressing up. So I can look cute for a boy. Yes. It's, and we get the open mic poster. <laughs> open mic poster's back. <laughs> we see the cursed open mic poster briefly, which is great. Yeah, this episode's got a lot of good, like, uh, universe-building details. <laughs> yes. So Lily, sweet little Lily, sees uh, Jack perform. She goes up to him after the show to give him the case. He's kind of, like, He's very awkward about it. He's uncomfortable. He's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And then his girlfriend comes up on stage and congratulates him on a good show. And Lily's a little heartbroken. Oh, Lily. <laughs> I think that's the last time we see Jack. That's fine. And that band tells it like it is. Because love is nothing but pain. So back at RFR, um, presumably the next day, Lily is playing a bunch of breakup songs now. She's switched to the other direction and is just in a very bad, heartbroken mood. So she only wants to play, like, grumpy breakup songs. Um, and Travis calls her out on it and says that she had just played Love Bites, Everybody Hurts, One, One week. week. Which, like, yeah, it's about a breakup, but that's not a breakup song. No, it's way too peppy and upbeat. <laughs> that's not like, oh, I'm heartbroken. I'm going to listen to One Week. Yeah, I need all those peppy pop culture references. <laughs> I need to hear them talk about Sailor Moon and the X-Files. Yes. Only they can understand how I feel. I think at One Week, they're, they're supposed to get back together at the end or something. I don't even know. <laughs> Robbie calls for Lily to get her mic turned off. And she shuts him down. Um, she says like a little thing about like someday you're gonna like someone. They'll they'll just think you're invisible. Even you exist. And we cut to Ray looking like pretty pretty so disheartened. Sad. It's sad pretty puppy. sad. Um, and then Lily says, "Now I know how it feels to be you, Robbie." Now that my heart's been broken, I know too what it's like to be a loser. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. Why are you being such a jerk? <laughs> it's it's very much the same cadence. <laughs> And for once, Ray is the only one at the station with any decorum. Yeah, as like, Robbie has his like fingers in his ears and is going la 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 on the air. Yep. You've got to be kidding me. This was just a game. I can't hear you. So after one of RFR's more immature shows, we cut to Lily sitting alone with a single muffin on a plate at Mickey's. And uh, Ray comes to cheer her up, and he's got one of his best of both worlds concoctions. It's really cute. He calls it flickerish. It's licorice that's made to look like flowers. And yeah, he tries to cheer her up. Lily's sulking. He says, you know, your soulmate's out there. Like, don't worry about it. And he's, she's like, and Lily's like, he'll never be as cool as Jack. And Ray kind of flips out at her and leaves. It's just so, like, 14-year-old emotions. Yeah. Robbie. Hey, Robbie. Come on, we gotta start talking again. How can we end this? Torpedo rematch after school today. 
No cheating. I'm so done with him in this episode. Oh, it's bad. Um, but while while they're trying to make up, Ray sees Lily in the hallway and tries to make up with her because he, he kind of flipped out on her and called her selfish the night before. Um, and he tells her that he wishes that he had her courage because she put herself out there and he's trying to do that with her. And she asks what he's afraid of. And he <laughs> says, you... And then, like, tries to backtrack it. He's like, you, you trees, trees and shrubs <laughs> things. And it's it's a good little backtrack, but he's he's very close to playing his hand and doesn't do it. Um, and he tells her that she could just make a song out of the experience. And she, you know, brightens up a little bit and thanks him and kisses him on the nose. <laughs> it's so weird, but it's so cute. <laughs> it's very sweet, but also... I've never in my life have I kissed someone on the on the nose. No. I mean certainly not platonically. <laughs> we we get a little bit of B-roll leading up to Travis and Robbie's final torpedo game and in that we get a, like, a weird extreme close up of squinting Travis. Yes. And I love it so much. They're doing these bizarre trick shots, including, like, kicking the ball. And Travis has names for his shot. He bounces it into the basket and calls it Sir Bounce-a-Lot. It bounced once, Travis. Calm down. We're once again in the position of Robbie and Travis facing off. It comes down to Travis being uh, the the victor and getting his shot um, has to try to take Robbie out on the torpedo. Robbie catches it, and we very much get the impression that Travis threw it just because he's so tired of this. <laughs> this un- insufferable feud. It's that everything I thought about love. Everything I thought about love. Everything I thought about love is wrong. So we end the show with the gang back at RFR. Lily is playing the song that Ray told her to write. Um, just a little little breakup song. Yeah. Um, but they're getting through the show. Everyone's on good terms again. They get a call from Ed and Ted. It's definitely not Ed and Ted. No. It's definitely like some random crew member trying Doing to do an, an impression. impression. <laughs> and it's very bad. I got so excited because I was like, Ed and Ted, because we haven't yeah. seen them in so long. And they're like, wait a minute. That's an imposter. <laughs> Those aren't my boys. Um, but Robbie's watching Travis and he realizes that he's writing with a different hand than he threw the ball and torpedo. And that means that Travis must have thrown the game. And he starts getting pissed at him again. He calls Travis a left-handed freak. (laughs) And then they cut off his mic because they're just so sick of his shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a fun ending. Hey, hey, you guys, you guys, turn my mic back on. And that's Crush Me. Yeah. Got some cute crush moments. Ray's still dragging his feet with a Lily situation, but... You know, definitely you get some of those, like, it does take me right back to, like, teen crushes and stuff like that. And how important they felt. Yeah. Love is a lie. And a little bit of progress and Ray, like, inching towards asking her out. Yeah. So over in Mickey's disc for this episode, again, according to RadioFreeRoscoe4.tripod.com, take this with a grain of salt, um, songs include Someday by The Strokes, Carnival by We Start Fires, Pleased to Meet You by The Carnations, on My Own by Shine Factory, uh, BB64 by Mike Church, Shelter by Barfly, Hopeless by The Candidates, I've Done It Wrong Again by Paper Moon, 
Bring Me Down by Shine Factory and I Feel So by Boxcar Racer. There is no way all of those songs are in that episode. That's a lot <laughs> yeah, of like, freaking music, man. Packed, but there are a lot of great songs in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I liked a songs. lot of them, especially in the second half. Yeah. Did you have a particular one you wanted to talk about? Not really. Um, I, I liked Shine Factory, Bring Me Down. I liked I've Done It Wrong Again, Paper Moon. Yeah, I was. that was the one that I was kind of like my standout of the episode, although it was hard because there, there were some really good ones. So yeah, I've Done It Wrong Again by Paper Moon is the one that plays as Lily's like contemplating her muffin <laughs> yeah she's contemplating her muffin alone in mickey's discs and ray brings her the flickerish i should probably contextualize since <laughs> this <laughs> there's an official to go along with that the shot opens with like just a lone muffin on the table and pans up to show lily just looking frustrated and then ray walks in with the licorice <laughs> oh yes Yeah, so it's definitely, it's brooding Lily scene with Ray trying to cheer her up. And it was one of those ones where when I heard it, it was like kind of a rush of memories. I definitely remember this song. So I've done it wrong again by Paper Moon. Paper Moon was an indie rock band that formed in Winnipeg in 2000. Ooh, good, uh, good Manitoba content. Yeah, get some Manitobans up in here. Uh, they list the Cardigans, Ivy, and Metric as their influences, according to that the Wikipedia sense. page. Yeah, I definitely hear the Cardigans yeah. in this song. Yeah, big time. Big Cardigans fans, so it was cool to hear some of that. Two of the band members, Allison Chevernoha and Chris Hebert, married in 2008. Cute. Just cute. And uh, Paper Moon's been kind of dormant since 2012, but a lot of the members of Paper Moon formed a new band called September West, which also isn't necessarily super active lately, but you know, they're still putting music out there. You can find some of Paper Moon stuff on CD Baby and things like that. So yeah, it's kind of cool to get Canadian indie music that's outside of the sort of Toronto Hamilton, GHTA, GTA, Horseshoe, whatever. It's cool to get stuff that's like, I don't know, from Manitoba. Yeah, I, I don't hear a lot of like media content coming out of Winnipeg, so that's cool. Yeah. And it's it's a nice song. It's a really kind of like dreamy, sad song. Yeah, very nice. So that's Mickey's Discs. And that was episode 10 of Radio Free Roscoe, Crush Me. And episode 10 of Podcast Free Roscoe. If you're not already, you can follow us on social media at Podcast Free Roscoe on Instagram and Facebook or Pod Free Roscoe on Twitter. You can also give us a shout at podcastfreeroscoe at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts about the show. And if you want to be on the air, you should send us a voice clip. Let us know, you know, your memories of the show, other CanCon you heard at the time. We'd love to hear from you. So, yeah, give us a shout. For now, we're Podcast Free Roscoe, signing off. <laughs> <laughs>